Hello and welcome to The Real Talk with Pillow Talk Studios. My name is Sierra and in this podcast, nothing is off limits. From my crazy life to yours, it's time to share our experiences and get into those gritty details. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to The Real Talk with Pillow Talk Studios. Today we have one of our 2023-2024 brand ambassadors, Sarah, who if you know her now, you would not guess how her past was. We're going to go through her childhood, her transformation, going from a hostile and angry child to a thriving and positive adult. When you started school, you found out pretty early on that learning in a classroom setting was not for you. Were there any accommodations made for you? How did you go about your day-to-day routine? Yeah, well, I think I first really remember I would have been in grade four, actually probably grade five. Mostly at the time, I kind of was like the kid that was not really paying attention and I would talk back to the teacher because I was just frustrated and so at the time they didn't really know what to do with me so I got sent out into the hallway very often. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. That's not gonna do anything either. (laughs) It's not gonna help. However, there was definitely some accommodation in a sense where where a teacher would sit with me. I can't remember what it was called at the time. There was some sort of probably like one on one. Yeah, it they was used like to have like a LR or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Well, now they're called education assistant, so probably someone like that. But I know that there is like an actual like program for it. So when you had like the one on one attention, did that help you quite a bit then? Or I definitely feel like it did help a little bit. Honestly, it was so so long ago that I don't really remember. As I got older, those memories kind of took over my younger memories. But right. I do feel like if we had stuck with it, it probably would have helped. No. Not for the path that my life took at least. Yeah, totally. So like I said before, for your day-to-day routine, would you dread going into the classroom then? Because you kind of knew that you just, it wasn't for you. Absolutely. I think not so much in the morning when I first got to class, but I do remember like throughout the day, mm-hmm. the best times, obviously as a kid were recess and lunchtime because you got to go outside and play. Yeah. But I think it was kind of, for me, it was more so a lot of, I wanted, I don't want to use the term hatred, but I just did not want to be there because I felt like there was just nothing that I could do that would that I would fit in. Mm-hmm. And then I guess since you said like it, you really started noticing it around what did you say fourth fifth grade? Yeah, but probably uh, fifth grade. Yeah, that's like when I even found that like education really started taking shape. Do right. You know what I mean? Those like grades one to four. Of course, there was learning going on, but there was a lot more fun going on. And then I do remember even personally, all of a sudden just being like slapped this giant book of math. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that No, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. So back into your school years, fifth grade, you started showing some major anger issues. Do you remember when it first started? I don't really remember, like I can't pinpoint a time frame. However, what really stands out to me the most as an adult remembering back was getting pulled out of school early to go to anger management classes that was outside of school. Mm -hmm. So for me, I remember... I remember my parents being told at like those parent-teacher conferences that I needed to pay a bit more attention in school. I needed to not talk back and I needed to kind of focus. And I was kind of, I think I was kind of the kid that like talked a lot. And so I would just get sent out into the hallway because that was 
the thing to do at the time, mm-hmm. right? Like just didn't want to want to be dealt with. And mm-hmm. that was kind of, I think, where my anger issues actually started to arise because maybe I just, I was so frustrated that I wasn't getting any help, but I was so young that I didn't really understand. Mm-hmm. So as you just mentioned, you went to anger management meetings and how did these meetings go? Well, from what I remember, they're definitely probably not as productive as they would be nowadays. Of course, Mm -hmm. this was a very long time ago. What I remember was being in a classroom setting with, I think, about five or six other kids all around the same age. And there was one adult that was, you know, our our mentor or therapist or whatever you want to call it. And I kind of remember remember them talking about what we can do to counteract anger and outbursts. But what I remember the most is that there was this one boy, I can't remember his name or anything like that, but he was just, he's triggered all the time. So he would get mad about one thing and then it would just, everybody feeds off each other. All these kids, we're all so young, we're all in like grade six, seven, just outbursts after outbursts because one gets triggered and then everybody else gets triggered. And of course, there was about five or six of us, Mm -hmm. one adult. One therapist. Yeah. So. Oh, that sounds like just such a mess. And we talked a little bit off mic about, you know, feeling alienated by having to go to these meetings. And, you know, you're talking about having to like leave half an hour, an hour early from school. And then one person finds out where you tell a friend and then they tell a friend and then they tell a friend. And I'm sure that didn't help at all. Yeah, no, absolutely. Especially when you're in in a classroom setting and you grew up with all these kids, everybody knows each other pretty well. So Mm -hmm. when when you start getting pulled out of classes and your your friends and your peers start asking what's going on and you just, you kind of become, you know, that, that problem child to every, in everybody's eyes. Everyone's like curious of why you're getting pulled out of school early, what'd you do wrong, and such and such, so. Did it affect your relationships with friends then, too? Like, being able to go to friends' houses and stuff? I don't think so. Honestly, I feel like at that age, you know, of course, everybody... Oh, sorry, I shouldn't say everybody. There are those those few kids that, you know, they bully you a little bit or they Mm -hmm. make snarky comments here and there. But at that age, I don't know if they actually understand Mm -hmm. what I was going through. So I think it was kind of more... So just just a factor, I think, honestly, most of it was probably in my own head. So since things were pretty rough at school, things at home were not easy either. How were things going with your parents at this time? Yeah, my parents, honestly, I love them to pieces. They did the best that they could with me. Mm-hmm. They really did. Obviously, well... You know, every parent, they don't really know what they're doing. <laughs> let's let's be honest. No, you're not given a handbook or guides or anything like that. I'm like, this is how you do it. Or like you get, I don't know, what's the... I know there's a few like more famous parenting books, but it's just like, love your child. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so, yeah, so I was... I, I was very mean to my parents. They did the best that they could. They, you know, they did what they thought was right. And and I am so thankful for that. But yeah, at the time, I remember, I remember just screaming at them all the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I honestly, I don't think they ever did anything wrong. They probably, I remember a couple times my mom or my dad would say something that would just trigger me for whatever reason. And mm-hmm. I would just start screaming at them. I just, probably would be stuff like, well go do your homework like like, yeah your homework or like how is school today and since school wasn't good yeah you probably just like lashed out like that absolutely absolutely because where where I think my anger 
came from was just the frustration of not being understood and not being able to learn. And because I wasn't going through that at school, it would just come out in every other aspect of my life. And, and that was my parents because they were, they were there. They were the closest things to me at the time. So entering into high school, there was a lot going on and things just kept getting worse and worse, basically. And what were some things that ended up happening throughout your high school? life, career, whatever you want to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you're right about them getting worse, that's mm -hmm. for sure. When when my family moved to Salmon Arm, because I grew up in North Vancouver, but we, we moved to Salmon Arm, it was just after grade 8 had started. So, And back then, middle school was grade 8 and 9 and mm -hmm. 10. And so coming into a new school just a couple weeks after, a few weeks after, everybody kind of already had their cliques, right? Like every, it's a small town. Mm -hmm. Everyone grew up together. I just, I definitely felt like I didn't fit in anywhere and I made some friends and at the time the friends that I had I thought they were amazing and and I'm not saying that they weren't but they just probably it wasn't the right path for me to take and it was an escape from schooling mm -hmm. so what had happened is I started you know of course smoking weed every day I was skipping school because I didn't want to be there and it just kind of progressively got worse and worse. And every day that I didn't want to be at school, I just found another thing to do to keep me occupied while I was there. I remember actually in a cooking class one time, it was in the winter and and I had to had a mug and the mug had, I had put some vodka in it because oh it, <laughs> it was Poor just, thing. Uh, but it was, it was an escape. It was an escape. Absolutely. Yeah. It was just something to keep me occupied. It was something to do. It mm. was... It was just, yeah, it was just an out almost in a way to keep me from thinking about everything that I was doing mm -hmm. at school or not doing, I should say. Yeah. And going into, I think it was in grade nine, there was one day that I had actually had done mushrooms in the morning. Yeah, it oh. was like <laughs> right in the morning, thought it was a good idea. And so the whole day was just, it was a nightmare. One of my friends at the time, she was trying to support me in the best way that she could. She was holding my hand while we were walking down the hallway and I'm freaking out. But again, it was an escape. It was just something to do because I didn't want to be there at all. Mm -hmm. As I got a little bit older and into my later high school years, I was skipping all the time, just yelling at my teachers when when they would, when I would, sorry, I would yell at my teachers because they would give me attitude that I didn't like and it just triggered me, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't really have, I guess, the proper tools that I knew how to use at the time to be able to calm myself down. And so I would get kicked out and get sent to the principal's office fairly often. Yeah. And I, I just don't think that that's really the way to solve things, especially if like you're angry. So you're going to send someone to someone who's going to be more angry about the situation and why aren't you paying attention and like going into all those things like when you can't bring that into yourself and like realize what's going on just being yelled at about it is not a solution it is definitely not a solution and of course teachers do the best that they can I'm sure with having that many students every day and it, it makes sense to me at the time that that's what they would do is they would just, you know, I was a problem child, so they would just send me away because it, they didn't want to deal with me. And, and that makes sense, but it, it definitely, from my point of view, it was not the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. However, it's all I, I could do. So 
back in your home life, like, did your parents know that all of this was going on? Well, my mom got lots of phone calls. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, my mom got lots of phone calls. Every time I got sent to the principal's office or sent out into the hall, she would get a phone call. And eventually it got so much that in my 12th year, it got so bad that my mom was just so exhausted. Mm -hmm. And she was just tired. And I don't blame her for this, but she had told the school to do what they needed to do with me, what they felt was right. Mm -hmm. I went into school the following day and I left expelled. (laughs) After being expelled, how was your home life then? Yeah, it wasn't very great. I mean, of course, my mom, she felt she felt pretty bad about, about the outcome of me getting expelled. Mm-hmm. But me being the teenager that I was, my attitude hadn't changed. I was just now a teenager that didn't have to go to school. It was great. I was just going to say, living <laughs> the dream. <laughs> it was great. It was great. But on the other side of that, I didn't want to be at home either because I just wanted to be out and partying and hanging out with friends, but I didn't really have that option. So anytime I was home, my family or my parents and I, we would fight a lot. I, again, like I remember my dad making some sort of comment and I would just react, just absolute outburst. I would start yelling at them. I remember one time I actually tried to shove my dad. I mean, of course, me being pretty little, I don't, I don't think I did any, any oh harm whatsoever, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but the physical was there and I was, I was definitely reactive. I remember actually yelling at my mom so much and calling her all these mean things for absolutely no reason. And I remember her just bawling her eyes out, my dad comforting her in the living room. And I was standing there and I remember watching her and I felt so much pain inside, but I acted like I didn't care because I was just so angry. Mm-hmm. I was so angry. And I have since apologized to my mom. Just want to put that out there. Yeah, that was probably really healing for the both of you. Yeah. That she knew that you felt like crap. Yes. Like standing there pretending like he didn't care. Yes. Yeah. And actually very recently, a few weeks ago, honestly, very recently, her and I had this wonderful heart-to-heart conversation. And, you know, I told her that they, honestly, they did the best that they could. But mm-hmm. I was just so angry all the time. Mm-hmm. And she, she cried. She, I cried. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's so. good. No, it's really amazing that you yeah. were able to have that moment with her. But moving on a little bit, since things were, I mean, really just shit all mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. What happened after you tried to be physical and, you know, pretending you didn't care and just being so mean and aggressive to everybody? What happened at that point? Yeah, it honestly, that went on for quite a few years. Not going to mm-hmm. lie. Probably... I think I started changing my friend group, honestly, was kind of, I think, the first point of me wanting to make better changes. But what I did is I moved to Edmonton, actually. It was kind mm-hmm. of just to get out, have an escape, start over. But that didn't quite work out the way that I hoped. We just talked <laughs> about that recently, you and I, like when you came in for Brand Ambassador Day, how it just like wasn't what you thought it would be, but... Not at all. <laughs> Okay, you tried. It was it was a fresh start. And then you came back to the Okanagan or I did. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So I moved to moved to Edmonton. I was only there for about six or seven months and then, mm-hmm. then moved back to Salmon Arm and and really tried to make some changes in my life. So while in your early twenties you really didn't have anything constant. You were feeling really alone, dealing with all of this solo. 
one thing kind of made you feel wanted and gave you a bit of comfort. Can you go into that for us? Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to get real personal here. So when, when I had decided to move to Edmonton, it was supposed to be a fresh start. The only thing is I didn't know anybody there. Mm -hmm. So what I started doing is I started going out to bars and meeting lots of men and finding comfort in that. And it just became, again, another escape, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I just didn't have anybody and I had a couple friends that I made through work, but it just wasn't what I needed. And so what I thought I needed was just actually being in comfort of, of being with men and kind of went through probably, honestly, probably quite a few more than I probably should have. Right. But mm -hmm. that was just what felt right at the time and what I thought was comfortable, but definitely realized that it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Do you know, like at one point you realized that it just wasn't what you wanted from this quote unquote fresh start. Yeah, it was actually probably quite a bit around the six or seven month mark of living in Edmonton. Mm -hmm. And there was kind of a, a bit of a life changing moment for me with one of the men that I was with. And it was just such a bad experience and such a bad place to be in with this man that it, it was so bad that it made me realize that I needed to change my life or nothing good was going to come from it. So you moved back to Salmon Arm and you didn't hang out with those past friends anymore. So what did you do to start finding more positivity in your life? Yeah, actually, so I, I will admit my one of my closest friends, she had a huge impact on, on that. She had other friends that I kind of started to hang out with a bit more than, than the people that I was hanging out with before I left for Edmonton. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of shifted shifted my uh, my mindset quite a bit. It, it did definitely take a while for me to implement daily activities that were for the better. Mm -hmm. I wasn't partying as much anymore. There was still, of course, you know, the occasional Saturday night that you go out to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was fun sometimes, but it wasn't an escape anymore. And and uh, I started going to the gym, which definitely played a huge part in, in my mental state. Absolutely. Hmm. And then, I mean, currently you play soccer. So did you start playing soccer around that time too? I actually have played soccer since I was about four years old. Oh my but gosh. <laughs> but uh, that was, that's always been something that's been very constant in my life. Mm -hmm. And it's something that you clearly enjoyed. Yes. And always wanted to do. Oh, I love playing soccer. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So finding other ways to, you know, get over, well, I shouldn't say get over, but like find, find positivity and find yourself and get to the root issues of your anger issues. Like, did you go to therapy or anything like that? Or I did not until quite a bit later in life though. Mm -hmm. So I started trying therapy very recently, probably about four or so months ago. Oh wow. Um, yeah. Before that it was, I was kind of in this mental state of like, I'm tough. I can figure this out, which was good to a point. Yeah, um, I think it's a, a generational thing too. Yes. Because I mean, even my own family and people I know, they're always like, oh my God, Sarah, you have so much on the go. Like, don't you get burnt out and like reaching out with an arm? And I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> I do. These things happen. And you know, therapy is such, it's such a great tool, but I feel like older generations don't really talk about it that much. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. No, you're you're completely right. It was it was something that I just felt like I needed to try. Mm -hmm. And it and it was. It was very informative. I definitely I got asked all these questions that I never in my entire life thought that I would even consider asking myself. It was just never mm -hmm. never a thought. So it's been therapy was really good actually. It was very good for me. And then with that, did you 
find ways to help overcome any like more recent anger outbursts or anything like that? Most of my, honestly, most of my anger outbursts, they, that's kind of something that I learned to deal with as I got older. Mm-hmm. Um, especially not being in school anymore, a lot of the frustration that came from being in right. school wasn't playing a factor anymore. It was just lifted, hey? A little bit, yeah. Huh. But I definitely did have to find a routine that worked for me when I felt myself building up all that anger and that explosive Mm -hmm. feeling. Yeah. What were, are some of those steps that you take if you still feel that way at all? Breathing. (laughs) So simple, right? (laughs) How about that? We don't have to hold our breath. Yeah. (laughs) That's just it. It's the same thing with like when you're trying not to cry. Mm -hmm. If you just let yourself cry, you're probably actually not going to. It's the same with, with building up anger is if you just breathe because you're not trying to hold it down. Right. you're going to have that feeling of release. And it took a bit, of, it, honestly, it took years and years of practice. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, I will still feel myself getting so bottled up that I do feel like I'm just going to completely burst out the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But if I just like take a deep breath in through my nose, mm-hmm. it yeah. just seems to do the trick. Does that help to like think about the situation and like a little bit more rationally too? Like stop <laughs> totally. and think about like, <laughs> wait a second absolutely (laughs) you know we we definitely and that's I mean everybody does it but we get in our own head so often that being able to take those few seconds to breathe and calm down it you start to think rationally in a matter of seconds like it sometimes it happens quickly sometimes it doesn't and I have to kind of just tell the person that I'm around or even if it's just myself if I get if I start feeling angry for something that I've done Mm -hmm. I just go sit down or I tell myself like it's okay just take a minute it's okay to be mad it's okay to be upset just need to kind of process and figure out why Mm -hmm. once you start trying to figure out why everything seems to get better So backtracking a little bit, but it goes into your adult life. When you got expelled from school, obviously that affected a little bit of what you thought you'd be able to do with your life. But going forward, you did find some career options for you and different ways to go to school. So do you mind talking about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely thought that I was going to have to go back to school and finish my high schooling and that I was just not looking forward to that at all. (laughs) Of course, you know, being like 24, 25 years old and having to think about going back to grade 12 not a good idea. No. <laughs> it was not not something I wanted to do. But I've always been somebody that enjoys working with my hands. I like being out and about. And so I actually went into uh, the electrical trade. And so it turns out that you actually don't need to graduate to go into a trade. I needed... It was, it whatever I did need to get into it, I already had. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. so it was so, it was something that I was really excited about. I really enjoyed doing electrical, and then thankfully I did get hired pretty much right away. This was kind of when, when trades were pretty up and going, and, mm-hmm. you know, everything slowed down in the last few years a little bit. But, yeah, and so doing doing the trades was a lot of fun yeah it was were uh, you in like just like a regular college course or was it like through women in trades or something like that I went through the regular regular college course cool. yeah so were there many other like women in your group even or? in my first year I was the only one wow and yeah it was a little intimidating <laughs> but in my second year there was two classes running at the same time and if I remember correctly there was four 
five or six of us in total. Oh, wow. Yeah, big big difference. Yeah. yeah. No, that's awesome. Did you still, did you feel supported going through a trades program more than you did in high school? 100%. Huh. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. The the teachers that I had for both my first and my second year were mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. I remember going into my second year and for some reason I started to get, well, I shouldn't say for some reason because a lot of this was probably coming up from like trauma from school, but like mm-hmm. any exams, I would just, I would, I would start to get super, I would feel a lot of anxiety and I would start to feel a lot of anger because it was just this frustration that, you know, I was just getting back into my old habits. And my instructor at the time, he pulled me aside and he actually asked, he's like, are you okay? Like you seem off right now. And Mm -hmm. I told him I froze up and I didn't know what I was doing. And he was like, well, you should have told me that. He's like, we'll just put you into another room. You don't have to feel insecure about it. It's completely safe space. You just need the right tools for you. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a game changer, honestly. Going into being an electrician, did you feel like powerful in a way being able to go into a career that you probably never thought you would be able to go into? Yeah, I'd say it was a bit of a powerful feeling. Definitely get a lot of comments and compliments from people when they found out that I was an electrician or doing my electrical trade. Mm-hmm. Lots of people are like, oh, we need more women in the trades. Like, it's wonderful, good for you. And mm-hmm. it's like... That's great. It is. It's very supportive. There's a lot of people that are all for it. But because it's such a male, maybe not so much anymore, mm-hmm. but at the time it was a very male dominant role and so were all the other trades. So mm-hmm. where I was working, there was actually one other female mm-hmm. pretty much in any of the trades in the town. We kind of stood out a little bit, but you yeah. know, we were respected by everybody oh, for the most part. That's so great to hear. <laughs> It's interesting because I've talked to a lot of my own friends more recently and even looking back, there was some programs in high school that you could have done and they just weren't advertised enough. I think they really just wanted kids to do a four-year diploma or whatever, but there was back then some very light trades programs where you could go for a semester and learn carpentry or learn very basics of being an electrician. And I just really wish that that was more pushed on now. And I still don't really think it is, unfortunately, but it it really should be because it should. There's so many, it would, I hate to say it in a way too. It would save a lot of kids lives and careers and just, yeah, it's, No, absolutely. You're completely right. Because Mm -hmm. even in a situation that I was in in school, Mm -hmm. if that was an option for me, if I had known about it, maybe I would have gone into it because I am a hands-on learner. I don't book learn. It's never been a thing for me and it probably never will be, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So having that as an option instead of your typical schooling... Yeah, it it may have changed my life. And a lot younger. A lot younger. You know, it did. <laughs> yes, my yeah. life did change for the better eventually, yeah. but it could have for sure been an option when I was at that age. So to end off our podcast today, do you have anything to say to people in similar situations as you? Honestly, I think that I would really like to say this to the parents that have kids that went through something or are going through similar as to what I went through is just, you know, they're going through something that you probably will never understand and that's okay. Just be patient, show them love and it will get better. Mm -hmm. It will get better. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe trying to like actually figure out what those things are. Yeah. Or if it is something at home, what changes you can make at home and all of that kind of stuff. And 
I guess the other thing too, like as you got older, is realizing that you can change your life around. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's never, you know, it, it's people say it all the time. It's never too late to make a change. Oh, it's absolutely. absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, do you ever think about what your life would have meant if you would have kept going down that path? Oh gosh, I have a few times. It's mm-hmm. not something that I like thinking about. So. Yeah, it's, I'm glad, you know, that this path took me to where I am today and mm-hmm. I love the person that I am now and constantly trying to better myself and mm-hmm. yeah. And you're happy. I'm, I'm so happy. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you everybody for listening today and thank you, Sarah, for coming on. We'll probably have her back for at least one more episode during her time as a brand ambassador and everybody have a wonderful day and we'll be back with another episode soon. Bye.